Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. And uh, if you were listening to our last week's episode, you'll know that we have a very special guest, uh, my mom. Hello. Mickey's on the podcast. Oh, Mickey's yes. on the podcast. Yes, this is the first time we've had a guest that is not Alex. That's true. Uh, it's hard to book guests when you don't have any friends. Aw. <laughs> um, don't be so hard on yourself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> even though we love having Alex on Alex, if you're watching, we love you, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. He doesn't listen to this. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure. There's no way. There's for no, sure. No slumming he, allowed. He yeah. just he just uh, promotes it when he's on. And that's as far yeah, as it, it goes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, uh, welcome back, everyone. Again, my mom is on the podcast uh, because she called me up. Um, if you didn't hear this story last week, she called me up while I was in the full swing of uh, attending the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. And uh, she's like, I'm going to be in town on the 22nd. I'm going to be on the podcast. We're going to talk about Tombstone. And uh, I told Jeremy and he was just like, Okay. It's tired of waiting around to be invited, so by God. Well, yeah. I've tried to get you on. It's just hard. Yeah, you know, I mean, our people got to call their people. It's That's like right. A whole, it's a That's whole right. thing. The logistics, the bureaucracy. <laughs> Forget about it. The whole red tape. <laughs> yeah. Got to go through the agent. Yeah, um, but yes, uh, we are discussing the, Jeremy, what year is it? 1993. Film Tombstone. The quintessential Western. The uh, best western. Would you say that it... Not the hotel train. No, okay. <laughs> uh, Sorry, best western. Go to hell. <laughs> what about best western plus? I mean, we'll see. Um, no. Now, would you say, Mom, that this kind of revitalized the western genre in the 90s? Tombstone? Yeah. No, I don't think that's true of it. But I do think that as far as... Um, pure entertainment factor it was probably one of the best films to come out of that decade and you know it's shelf life certainly hasn't suffered any from yeah. 1993 to now so yeah uh unlike mine so <laughs> it's um, because you drink too much that's probably true. so um you know she's right i think that the the entertainment value is very strong uh, okay. with tombstone uh, it didn't revitalize. Uh, that would have come the year before uh, with Unforgiven. Uh, uh, Unforgiven okay. really yeah. um, uh, put a new spark in what is now the modern Western. You know, it's it's a grittier story. It's a, you know, a more realistic place where, you know, our heroes are not only flawed, but they're equally as dangerous, right? Right. And I think what Tombstone does is it builds on that but also being a little more lighthearted and more fun to watch rather than watching an old gunslinger. Um, uh, like high noon his, type situation. Fight his demons, yeah. yeah. Even though I love Unforgiven. Now, we kind of talked a little bit about it yesterday. Um, is it a little weird that two months later, a different movie company made Wyatt Earp, which is pretty much just... Well, very no, ill-timed. It's, it, it, I wouldn't <laughs> say Poor it's Kevin Costner. Maybe definitely poor Kevin Costner. That movie's terrible. But um, I I wouldn't say it's strange. It's just competing, you know, competing studios. studios. And, you know, we've, we've seen it with No Strings Attached versus Friends with Benefits. And, and Friends with Benefits is the right. more superior movie. You know, it's... I mean, that's a more recent example, but you get the idea that, yeah. you know, it's not odd. I, I would say that it's crazy that they did it so close together. Well, and... Uh, what are you going to do? I remember reading that they said with Wyatt Earp, they wanted it to be more focused on Wyatt, which I think, not that Tombstone isn't, I think, like you said last week, Val Kilmer steals every scene he's in. It's Val Kilmer's movie, I, yeah. in my personal opinion. I, I think that if, if we want to use comedy jargon, uh, Kurt Russell is the straight man. Which means he's the boring one who sets everything up, right? And everyone else is more entertaining around him, right? Okay. He's keeping everything together, but that's not necessarily entertaining to watch, right? So he, he's the glue. Yeah. Everyone else is the glitter? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> and no more so than Val Kilmer. Yeah. Sam Elliott is glitter. 
Sam Elliott is glitter. <laughs> I know, which is, is title of the episode. It's kind of funny that you're saying that Kurt Russell's the straight man when usually Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is would be the straight man. He's more fun in this one. I think that you know, again, I think Kurt Russell is just a little more bland. I think it's really interesting that you keep using the word fun, because when I think about this film, I don't. For me, it's entertaining, but but not because it's necessarily fun Mm -hmm. like in my mind i don't consider it to be fun okay you know when i hear the word fun i'm thinking like more like um like if you're going to think about well and this is that's a bad that's a bad parallel you you can't say blazing saddles (laughs) you know because that is a fun but it's not really a western either so you can't really count that in the genre of westerns um but Fun isn't a movie I wouldn't describe Tombstone as fun, but definitely entertaining. For me, the movie is um, really historically accurate. There's only a couple of things that the writer kind of took license with, which, and he had every right to, I think, because it was very vague. You know, we just don't really know what happened to Johnny Ringo and how he actually died. You know, Mm -hmm. lots of people say it was suicide. You know, Wyatt Earp claimed to have killed him four times, you know out and about four times and then um even doc holiday said that he did it but we really don't know what happened so they took license with that so for me it's not it's not fun it's it's a vendetta movie it's a and i like it because it it gives the whole picture of what happened with that family and and um the cowboys and how justice ultimately prevailed i guess i don't know but it's fun to watch there you go, that word. It's fun to watch because, to your point, you know, he Kurt Russell does. He does kind of, he's stoic and he's grounded. And that mustache that he grew for uh, the film. Yeah, well, it's so rad. Well, he's, he's always on his mustache game. He is, you yeah. know, beard, mustache yeah, game. Yeah, right. He's been on point forever. Yeah, he's Santa Claus for me now forever. Since since after all those Disney movies, he was like, I think I'm going to start doing yeah, stuff right, from my facial. Right. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, in The Hateful Eight, when he grows that giant mm-hmm. yes, mustache. Yes, it it's an over-exaggerated wider mustache. You know, yeah. it's so well, rad. Speaking of mustaches, this is going to be weird, but like Phenomenal. everyone in the movie has a great mustache. Yeah. You know, Sam Elliott with the... I mean, Sam Elliott takes the cake, obviously. With, with, the, yeah. with yeah, yeah, what yeah. I call the curl over mustache where you can't see his upper lip. It's the best kind. But it's 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 perfectly like... Well, and that's accurate. It, that's one of the things that I like about this movie so much because it is as fun as it is, as silly as some of it can be. I mean, like the opening shot when we're coming in... Um, into Tombstone when the families are coming into Tombstone and it pans across Boot Hill Cemetery and you see, you know, Lester, the, the tombstone that's, you know, four slugs from a 44. There's no less, no more, yeah. you know. And, oh, and apparently that was historically accurate. It yes, it's there. it was. Yeah. But, but it's funny because you start to think, you know, like, what kind of cheese is this, <laughs> you know? And then there's a couple of scenes where the acting is a little bit, you know, cheese ball. Like Maggie's character, the woman that, you know, Maggie, uh, I just couldn't. Or Maddie? Maddie, that's it. Maddie, the, uh, the opium. Wyatt Earp's common law, first common, common law, law wife. wife yeah. yeah, and her opium, her opium addiction. But um, I couldn't. Laudanum. Right. Well, but it was opium. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a little heavy handed, I thought. Yeah, and but. I couldn't get behind her. I just couldn't believe like her scoffing at him in the street, you know, after they spent their first, you know, evening at the theater and she's just scoffing. I'm like, all right, come on, drama queen, go well, on. You know, they're really leaning into the audience is not supposed to like her. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be okay that he's falling in love with this other woman. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, as we're we're supposed to get behind that. As we're like in the white art movie, they make it seem like a bad thing that he's Falling in love with Josephine. You know, uh, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't think I've sat through that entire movie. I, I have unintentionally. I think I've sat through maybe four hours of it, but it's ten hours long. Right? So <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't seen the whole thing. Uh, so, uh, But I do like what you had said, that it is encompassing the entire story. So when we get to what would in another film be the finale, which is the OK Corral, mm-hmm. um, it's... You know, yeah. a little over halfway through the movie, we still have a lot more to go. Yeah. And so um, a lot of people mention the OK Corral shootout, you know, in lots of things. Right. And when you think about it, it's a huge watershed moment in, you know, these people's stories. Mm-hmm. But this movie treats it as a kicking off point. Yeah. It's really. just a point in time right. that really leads us through. Because yeah. the Vendetta ride for me 
that's the film, yeah. is the Vendetta Ride. And for me, that is where all of these iconic Western characters that are a part of our rich history, you know, really come together. And for me, that's what makes Tombstone. And of course, Val Kimmer, because you can't, his dog holiday is, aren't you a daisy? I I read that it was his, uh, his idea to give him more of a Southern gentleman accent. Yeah. From Georgia. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, wasn't he? Wasn't Doc Holliday from Georgia? Doc Jeremy, Mister Fact Checker. Is, uh, I read about that his accent was accurate. He was related to, in some way, the writer of Gone with the Wind. And so, okay. uh, wasn't the actress or wasn't Maybe the? It was. I don't remember. But see, I read that too. He was. Yeah, he's in that line <laughs> to where that accent is accurate and would have been. You know, about he, the way he's that, almost a dandy, the way he talks, mm-hmm. sort of where he's an educated man. Yes. Yeah. Which no, I really hate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the way he dresses and, you know, he's not your what you would think is a typical cowboy. But yeah. But then he he, he wrecks shop at the OK I mean, Corral. The, he totally does. He's the coolest one. Yeah. You know, with, with, a, with a street hauser. He wrecks shop with a street hauser. And, and he's smoking with tuberculosis after his doctor said, uh, you should probably stop smoking. Mm-hmm. I liked it too much. And he's like, nah. nah. And I want to know, where in the hell did Doc Holliday learn his gunslinging skills? Because he was a dentist, Yeah. for God's sake. When did he have time? I mean, was he just bored and mm-hmm. out back shooting cans? You know, he's a, he's an adrenaline junkie, I guess. Yeah, in, for sure. In, a, in the Wild West days. And so I mean, I'm sure that he's just like, man, this dentist stuff is fun, but... What if I picked up a gun? Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? or a tin uh, cup. Exactly. Oh, that's uh, that's yeah. I, I love that because uh, he he uh, he sh- up shows Johnny Ringo. Oh yeah, without humiliates even humiliates him without even yeah, taking his gun out of the holster. Uh, you know, and I just want to mention like how many actors that they got for this movie. Yeah, and which I mean at the time maybe not as well known, but would eventually become very well known. Sure. Like Thomas Hayden Church. Lol, uh, you guys like wings? Shout out to wings. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Stephen Lang, which it took me reading the cast list to realize that Ike was Stephen Lang. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's that's the general from Avatar. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> most people might also know him um, from Lost. Um, Jeremy doesn't like Avatar. No. What? Okay. We don't have time. That's a conversation for another time. time. Uh, Um, Definitely don't have time. What was his character's name on Lost? What was it? Wasn't he the... Or maybe I'm getting it mixed up with... Because one of the characters... Let me get my handy dandy I believe he was the mayor. Uh, is a character on Yeah, Lost. the mayor was yes. the dude who played. And I don't. I've never watched Lost once. In oh my, my god! Life. Are okay. you serious? Okay. Um, That's a whole other conversation for yeah. another time too. But it's okay. I, I've seen the Watchmen show. So. He has hair. Oh, and and let's talk about Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton, who does not look like himself. No, it does. It took it Terry took, O'Quinn is who we're thinking of. Oh. Terry O'Quinn. Um, he. Uh, you're right. It does take a minute to recognize Billy Bob Thornton. Because yeah, because I saw that he was in the film, and I was like, oh. Billy Bob Thornton. And then when we get to the dealer scene, I'm like, that's not Billy Bob Thornton. What? He's dealing the Pharaoh game at the Oriental. Well, but for me, it was, he wasn't skinny at the time. Well, yeah. You know, I associate well, Billy Bob. Well, you Sling Blade. I mean, he was. I've never seen Sling Blade. We don't have time. So. <laughs> so uh, wow. many, so many bad things tonight. It's fine. So, uh, but you're right. It, it does sort of take you a minute, or at least for us, to realize yeah. it's Billy Bob Thornton. We're so used to him being, you know, very skinny. And um, but I, I caught him by his accent. So. Yeah, sure. yeah. Once I really started focusing on the voice, I was like, mm-hmm. "That's Billy Bob Thornton." Yeah. And Kurt Russell humiliates him in front of everyone. Oh yeah. I mean, he had it coming. He did oh, have it coming. absolutely. That guy was a dick. Now, for me, I think the most surprising. Um, cameo if you will besides robert mitchell but which we'll get to robert mitchell yes we um, absolutely must circle back is billy zane when billy yes. zane gets out of the yes gets out of the carriage i laughed out loud i completely forgot he was in the movie and i immediately wrote it in my notes um, uh yeah poor billy zane you know he's got that in general i get it he's got that you know that one line in back to the future he is, uh, by the way, shout out to our Back to the Future episode. Also, 
we talk about Billy Zane in that one. Because we have to. Anytime Billy Zane's in anything, we have to talk about Billy Zane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we ever do a Zoolander episode, we have to dedicate oh at God. least 45 minutes would just, you, to just, just talk about Billy Zane. Would you, no, consider, Billy Zane. would you consider this Billy Zane's Billy Zaner? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> not, about, not, not Titanic? No. Best That's, film ever, Billy uh, Zane. I mean, definitely probably... The best campy performance. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the whole three scenes that he was in. Yeah. And then one of them he's dead in. I would yeah. say that he steals those three scenes. <laughs> I would say Billy Zane is great, and he's got some killer locks. I mean... R.I.P. to his hair. That's right. Because <laughs> he's bald he now. He does not have that hair. No, he does not. I mean, you know... You know, he stays straight when the cowboys are shooting at him, and he's, he's still delivering Yeah, he just kind of... He shakes it off like Swifty. He does his time, you know, like a true professional. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not like that juggler piece of shit. No. Uh, They're like, shooting at us. I guess I'm done. They're shooting at us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The juggling's over. Uh, yeah, dude. I I was like, and I feel like when I read the cast list, I didn't see his name anywhere. I might have overlooked it. See, I just popped it in because I, I remember seeing the movie. I guess it's been so long that I don't remember anything about it. And so... Um, and aren't you glad you rewatched it? I, I am because you know again, I, it it in, ignited my love of Bill Paxton again. Mm-hmm. Powers Booth, uh, yes. great collaboration in Frailty, which is definitely a future episode. Um, and you know, I mean, it's just it's great to see these guys again because we can no longer see them in anything else ever again. So yeah, and we were talking about that. I was like, I didn't know Powers Booth died. Two thousand seventeen, and, and she was like, no. He's dead now. I'm like same year as Bill Paxton. Yeah, they both died in 2017. Mm. And uh, she she disagrees with me when I said the the late great Bill Paxton because no. he gave us the best line in Aliens. We'll give another shout out if anyone can guess what that line is. <laughs> Have fun not typing in comments, Jax. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean the the cast is unbelievable, just yeah. sprinkled with yeah. everyone, and then we also get. Charlton Heston. Yeah. Um, which is a huge deal. Well, and see, and I was trying to figure out who Wyatt Earp Third was in the movie. Because mm-hmm. I read that he was, I was like, that's cool. I, I, I wonder if it was weird seeing uh, Kurt Russell as his, as his great-grandfather. But I didn't know what he looked like, so. Yeah. Wasn't I he one of the hands on, on Charlton Heston's? Like, I believe so. One of the guys standing there on the porch uh, with. Yeah, so I overlooked him then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you know who you're looking for. Exactly. That's right. So, um, but all right, let's talk a little bit about Robert yeah, Mitchum. Yeah, let's Or please. a lot about Robert let's Mitchum. Let's talk about Robert Mitchum. Um, Robert Mitchum, very, very old at this time. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't yet do his last performance. I think that's in Dead Man, uh, another Western. More of an ass Jim Western. Jamoosh. Yeah, with Jim Jamoosh. It's on the, it's on the Criterion wish It list. sure is. Um, and I just think it's a great little... Um, little nugget for Western fans um, who grew up watching all of the old Westerns. And now that this genre has been sort of revamped for this new generation, we have people who watch the old ones kind of recognize the voice and go, that's Robert Mitchum. That's crazy. I grew up watching his Westerns, right? Sure. And I think, and Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he, was he in Gunsmoke? It seems like there was a, there was a TV. Oh, let me just look over it because I. Gun smoke. Shout out to Lavender, who's the dog on Rain's lap right now. Uh, well, see, I, I just thought it was great that you know he was actually meant to be in the movie. I think he was meant to be. He was meant, wasn't he meant to play like the sheriff or something? And then he got hurt, but they still wanted him involved in the movie, so they're like. You know, how about you just provide narration for the beginning and the end? Which helps. Uh, I think it helps. Um, yeah. The narration in the beginning. Um, also, uh, in the montage in the beginning, we get shots of the first Western film ever, uh, The Great Train Robbery, 1904. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had mentioned that in our Goodfellas episode. Um, oh, is this that movie? Yes. That's ah. The Great Train They even show the clip of the actor shooting the gun at the camera. Ah. So, um and so paying homage to where we have come from and where we are now um, in 1993. 
Well, and I was totally wrong. He wasn't. He he did. Robert Mitchum did the majority of all of his work was in film. And then in the 80s, well, he did some things in the 50s, but not um, Gunsmoke or those other shows that I can remember my own grandfather, you know, enjoying and watching. So. Um, Who else was it that was meant to be in the movie, but then got hurt and then couldn't. But this person couldn't be in the movie at all after they got hurt. I see. Like, and they had to recast. I don't think I, think I, it I, don't was, think I read that. I think it was for the Marshall. Okay. I think they had someone else in mind, and then he got hurt and couldn't do the movie at all. I know originally Willem Dafoe was supposed to be uh, Doc Holliday. Really? Um, I couldn't. Oh, my God. That would not have <laughs> sold with me at all. You know what's so crazy? Shout out to our Martin Scorsese series. Uh, because of The Last Temptation of Christ is why Willem Dafoe <laughs> did not get the role. That's interesting. Did it say why? It just said because of the controversial role he uh, had in The Last Temptation of Christ. That's interesting. Which, you know... Maybe, it was pretty far removed at that time. I mean, it's not like the next year. It had been five or six years since then. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I want to ask you, and we'll, we'll do it off mic, uh, of why that movie is so controversial. Okay. But, uh, um, so can we talk for like eight hours about Val Kilmer? Sure. Um, <laughs> yes, Val Kilmer... I mean, he's... Like, this is his best performance. I mean, he's at the height of his powers. Right he now, because um, he's got he's got a uh, Top Gun under his belt. Heat. Um, he's about to get Batman Forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know he's 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 killing it right maybe now. Maybe the Saint had already come out. Who knows? Um, who knows? My man's on fire. Right? Yeah, and he was ninety three. He was young. He was beautiful. You know, he still like the he looked like the Iceman still just a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he, he had that dope mustache and the and the mm. soul patch. And again, his commitment to the role really does show through. Yeah, I mean, you know, his his work with his uh, quick draw, right? Um, his his accent, his commitment to being uh, covered in sweat um, yeah. and makeup the constantly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I just want to say shout out to whoever did the makeup for him. That they made him look so sickly, and it's not over the top. It's yeah. it's just enough to where to, it's, it's like, believable. That guy's dying. Yeah, he is not going to make it to the yeah. end of the Pale movie. Pale and pasty and, and sweaty. He makes it to the end of the movie. Yes, he does. I mean, relatively, um, <laughs> except for the last like ten minutes. And I think what's so great about his his character, the real person, Doc Holliday, is that he was so well known and so well documented that they had a lot to go mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. all of his little quips you know i'll be your huckleberry you're a daisy if you do um you know all of these things have been documented is that is something he said i think docism yeah, yeah i think yeah. the i think the only thing i read that val kilmer uh improvised is when he winks yeah. at uh <laughs> billy Thomas church yeah yeah right in, before, in the corral yeah right before the shootout happens yeah uh but i think everything else was as we've been saying historically accurate that Val Kilmer did. Yeah, uh, I mean... Uh, except for his final shootout with Johnny Ringo, since we don't know... Yeah, since we don't know how Johnny Ringo died. But still, I, I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, that the writer took license with that particular well, scene because there, there could have been no other way, in my mind. Well, and it's kind of... It's kind of like when we talked about with the Irishman, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know how Jimmy Hoffa died. Right. But this is a very plausible sure. way it could have happened. Agreed. Sure. You know, because the actual historical documents is that he had a bullet wound in his le- left, right temple. There was a, he had discharged his weapon once and he was just laying underneath the tree, which is what we see in the film. But we see Doc Holliday just whoosh, yeah. get him. I think now, since we're, you know, we've come pretty far in terms of filmmaking to where I think if we were to do this again, Uh I think a filmmaker would have filmed multiple scenarios. And And then decided. Yeah, or maybe and said, you know, no one really knows what happened in Johnny Ringo. Some say 
Doc Holliday shot him, and then mm-hmm. they would film that, and then they would say some say that uh, Wyatt, Wyatt Earp did it, mm-hmm. and then you know have all of these, which would have been cool to see. But again, this is you mean we uh, not uh, the style of film this is. You mean a 1985 Clue ending? Yes. Where we got eight different oh, endings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which were like so appropriate clue. for that movie, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's like clue. for Clue. <laughs> I mean, they had to. I mean, I guess to. what I'm saying is Tombstone should have been more like Clue. <laughs> <laughs> which was also a wonderful film. In yeah, its own is, that, right. is that what we're saying? And that's what <laughs> I mean, what you're saying is Tim Curry should have showed up at some <laughs> oh point. Tim so, Curry is wider. In, yeah. in Tombstone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd see that. That he be should awesome. have been an Undertaker. It that would have been. Oh that would have been that fantastic. Been great. Yeah, and his high heels and fishnets. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his fro. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh um, god. <laughs> it could be a musical. We could just take this whole and you know, like a whole different direction. Exactly. I also really liked that in talking about you know taking a little bit of licensing. They take Doc Holliday's final words, um, and they sort of put context to it where no one really has a full 100% what he meant by that. Uh, they, in the film... And uh, what he it, says, oh, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, because he's not wearing his boots, uh-huh. right? And he yeah. had always said he was going to die with his boots That's on. That's right. That's right. Oh. Um, so you remember that very final, he asks Wyatt to leave. If you ever had any care for me at all, leave. you'll leave. And then he says, please. Wyatt stands up and looks down at him and says, thanks for always being there, Doc, and walks out of the room. Mm-hmm. And then Doc he, he sees the lifts pamphlet. up the book and sees that it says, you know, My, my friend, friend Doc, Doc Holliday by Wyatt Earp. And, you know, and then he looks down at his feet. And he kind of like uh-huh. does that with his feet. I'll be damned. And that then, is funny. Yeah. And then he just. And then he takes his last breath. Right. Some, some you know, say that that's really not what he meant by that. But mm-hmm. who knows? I, I like this one. Yeah. You know, yeah, I like that it's he's yeah. he's not wearing his boots. And apparently, my hypocrisy <laughs> knows no bounds. Well, he's yeah, but he said knows no bounds. But then at the w- with with Johnny Ringo, yeah, my hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> but then, uh, but didn't he repeat that line th- again? Uh, apparently, was, my hypocrisy does uh, something something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, when he's laying in the hospital, the sanatorium bed. Yeah, when and he actually died in a hotel, not a sanatorium. So yeah, when when Wyatt's trying to play poker with him one last mm-hmm. time and he Wyatt almost won't let him die yet yeah poor guy I know <laughs> he had tuberculosis real bad yeah uh, I mean but bad. clearly not bad enough to kill Johnny Ringo no not bad <laughs> enough to do anything and I you know he mentions that he's not as sick as he leads on mm-hmm. right which yeah. is um I know that we'll get to this eventually this season but in the prestige the prestige. That's the the old Chinaman's trick is he pretends to be so decrepit yeah. and not strong. So that's why he can do the th- he can fool people, right? And so that's I think that's a little bit of Doc Holliday's shtick as well. Mm. Is he maybe plays on the sickness a little bit so people underestimate him? Sure. Smart. Smart. Which except that and that makes perfect sense, especially because of his prowess around the gambling table. You know, poker and how he felt about poker in the movie. He plays a thirty six hour game of poker, and in real life. He and about seven other players, including Wyatt Earp, played um, a year-long, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week poker game <laughs> in the basement of that the theater. Um, what was the name of the theater? I don't remember. I think it was the Birdcage Theater. The Birdcage uh, Theater, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And they, they had a basement that's poker game going on. And so he played for like a year. Well, see, and I Eight like- years. No, it was eight years. Eight-year poker game. It's a while. Well, I mean, they would Rotating. they would rotate players in and out, but Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp were a part of that game for eight years. Ten million dollars passed through the basement <laughs> of that little theater in, in the late eighteen hundreds. Good lord! Isn't that crazy? And he was part well, of that. And see, and I like how the filmmakers very early on show us that uh, Doc knows how to work a table. Yeah. Um, and I like how he's talking to the guy who's threatening him, like. Well, I thought we were friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he puts his guns down. He's like, see, now we can be friends again. And then he just stabs him. I was yeah. hoping that guy would have aces and eights, but I wasn't that lucky. So That's the, that's the name of the barber shop I go to. It's the, yeah, it's the Dead Man's the Hand. The Dead Man's Hand. That's right. It's um, Aces and eights. Uh, Wild Bill Hickox. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> go watch Deadwood. <laughs> Everybody go watch Deadwood. Uh, after you're yeah. listening to us. And do after they, you watch, watch Tombstone. Should they watch the movie of Deadwood as well? 
I mean, if you liked the three seasons, yeah, go for it. Um, if you didn't, you know, why torture yourself, you know? Um, I mean, you clearly like torturing yourself. That's not true. I, I love all the films I watch, with the exception of maybe next week. Um, but that's fine. Yeah, it's all fine. the dark and twisty ones. That's right. All the dark and twisty ones. Yeah, I think ones. those are fun, Mickey, but that's, those you know, fun. that's neither here nor there. Um, all right, so Ray. So Jeremy. Um, how... Let's let's pretend, since it was so long for both of us, it seems, watching this for the first time, um, let's just pretend this is our first time watching it, because it okay. might as well have been. Um, what... What Especially if they're your age. They are. I mean, this think about is, it. Yeah. So, what was the question? Sorry. First impressions. Like, what? Is, like, movie's oh. over, boom, what's that? I mean, I thought it was great. Were you watching it with her? Because no. she might no. have influenced you. But okay. No. <laughs> no, 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 I watched it by myself. I watched it Thursday night because I knew I wasn't going to get to watch it last night. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we were doing that today, so. Right, 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 right. So, so. Um, I, I enjoyed it because I've actually seen Wyatt Earp. Uh, like I said, I, I'd seen it unintentionally. Um, Ashley and I were at her grandparents' house, and it was just on the channel that her Mimo had it on. It was on cable. Wait, it was on cable? Yeah. That's an all-day thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like when they show The Godfathers in chronological order, <laughs> except it's one stupid movie, and it's Wyatt Earp. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, over and, and over. The whole, and the whole time I was watching yeah. Wyatt Earp, I was like, it's like this, this feels wrong. And I don't know why. <laughs> and now finishing Tombstone, I'm like, yeah, this is wrong. That's because Kevin Costner like, dances with wolves, damn it, and always will be. Well, he's, no, he's Field of Dreams is what he is. Oh, man. Uh, but, then, but then he's the mailman, but let's not. Yeah. But, the, but then, you know, you have Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday. Yeah, no. And you're, you're trying to, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to copy Val Kilmer? Like, No. No, yeah. you can't. You know, not not after you know someone makes a character so iconic so quickly. Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And you it, snooze, you lose. Wyatt yeah. Earp. And and you know and uh, and you want to know something really funny? I do. Um, I'm about ninety percent certain both movie companies that produced Tombstone and Wyatt Earp are both now defunct. Hollywood uh, Pictures is defunct. Yeah. I didn't know. I know for certain that one is. Yeah. Uh, I think that one was defunct in like 99. Really? This one's Touchstone. Touchstone's... Um, Touchstone might not be. Touchstone did wider? No, Touchstone did Tombstone. No, they didn't. It was Hollywood 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 Pictures. Pictures did Tombstone. I think my Blu-ray said Touchstone. (laughs) They might have picked up the rest of it. Well, it's because Disney owned Hollywood Pictures. So when When Vista distributed Tombstone. When, when, I guess when Disney defuncted it, Defunct, defunct, did, 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 did. Is that a word? Defunct, did, 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 Sure. When they ended Hollywood Pictures, they probably just moved a lot when of When they that. went under. Yeah. When Hollywood Pictures went and under. And then they probably just put everything on Tombs- uh, Touchstone. Cause right on. Touchstone, I don't think, t- I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Touchstone has made any movies since the early 2000s, but um, I don't think it's no, defunct yet. Yet being the operative word. Wow. <laughs> Watch out, Touchstone. Well, I mean, Brain's somehow, coming for somehow yeah. TriStar is still making movies. How does that make any sense? So was Orion. I watched a movie. The well, because Orion came Ryan. back. Yeah. They came back. Which just, is nuts. I know. Somehow they got the funding to come back. And it was do, fun to listen to. And do Bill like, and wait, Ted 3. When did we go off on yeah. the movie studios? Uh, anyway. Let's talk about Anyway, Tuesday. I just thought that was kind of funny that... It, it, but one movie kind of deserving that their uh, production company... The folded folded because it wider. sucked and then tombstone is still kicking now did your uh, long story short i enjoyed the movie it was a lot of i mean it was a lot of fun um <laughs> i mean i love seeing kurt russell mm-hmm. uh i love val kilmer dearly and i i i hate everything that he's had to go through in recent years it's yeah um this was an unfortunate film, but uh, The Snowman, which had a lot of promise. and mm, Oh, yeah. And our boy Martin Scorsese. There's a ton of reasons why. But Executive. Al Kilmer's performance had to be dubbed over uh, uh, because he can't speak. If those oh, of you who don't know, right. he that's had right. throat cancer and he has a large part of his throat removed. So. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, he lost a lot of weight because of his cancer. So he, he, he just... He looks odd now. He just looks... 
Poor guy just looks rough. Heard he's still going to be Iceman, though. And uh, Yeah. Well, and he's been actually happened. retraining. He's actually been going to vocal training to oh, retrain that's cool. to that's learn great. how to use his voice again. That's great. So that's good. I, I love Val Kilmer. So let's let's hope he comes back. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Kiss. Bang is 100% a future episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, you like that movie. I love that movie. Anyway, long, again, long story short, I love the movie. Yeah. I love the cast. Um, and it, it was very... What was kind of funny is... I love Sam Elliott as Virgil, but the whole time I was watching it, I was like, I was like, that's the stranger from The Uh, Big Lebowski. I was just about to say, (laughs) I wonder if Rain's going to bring up The Big Lebowski because uh, my man Sam Elliott's in that. Uh, That's, I swear to God, I think Joel and Ethan Coleman just said, hey, play Virgil. And he was like, okay, I can do that. I think, you know, you could argue that he's even doing that now on Family Guy because he is... uh, He's the new mayor on Family Guy, by the way. Really? Yeah. That's great. I mean, um, no one can ever replace Adam West, but... Well, they did, and it's uh, Sam Elliott. <laughs> um, well, Cleveland's gone now, Sam so... Sam Elliott is uh, amazing, obviously, in this role. I think, um, you know, it's sort of... He's the conscience of the three of the boys, I, I think. I agree. And I, al- I would also say that, you know, in terms of performances, it's hard to for me anyway, to say, wow, Sam Elliott crushed it. Cause I just think that's who he is. Oh, absolutely. Know? And so you, you think he just showed up to set one day wearing that and they're like, Oh great. And I've like, seen him in a couple of other things where he's not quite like this. Very, have you ever, very seldom. I know, I know you're probably going to make fun of me, but have you ever, have you watched the ranch on Netflix? No. I mean, he's, he's like this in the ranch. The difference is the ranch is, you know, modern day. Yeah. So, you know, but he's he's this in the ranch. Yeah, I mean, he is this sort of stoic, um, moral, um, you know. I would super say super handsome dude. I would say the only With great hair. F- only yeah. performance I've seen him do that's not this is uh, A Star Is Born. Okay, uh, yeah. the hero is also a really good one. If you guys know. he you know he he plays the the older brother, you know, opposite of Bradley Cooper. Trying to keep his little brother, kind of, his, trying to keep his little brother's life Again, together. The conscience. Well, yeah, but not not so stoic, sure. and not so. Uh, uh, Serious. Uh, I don't know. A Star Is Born is very hard for me. I've only seen it once, and yet I own the movie. I, you know, with with Sam Elliott, I. He's just the best. He does play a bad guy without a mustache, by the way, in Justified, uh, mm-hmm. which uh-huh. I love. Now, speaking of Justified, um, one of my favorite shows. Go watch Justified after you're done with Tomb- after you're done with um, Tombstone and after you're done with Deadwood. Yeah, um, Deadwood. <laughs> really get your Timothy Olyphant fixed. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't later. already from the season one premiere, <laughs> thank me later. All right, Timothy Olyphant, be my friend. So. Um, Man, and sidebar, we're we're gonna have to do a future episode on Rango and Timothy Oliphant, pretty much playing Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's the best man. Timothy is the best. But anyway, so um, if you watch Justified, uh, it's a show about U.S. Marshals, and during their research, the actors into trying to get their characters right and make sure it's as authentic as possible. Every single marshal's office they went to had either a poster of The Fugitive or Tombstone. Um, Are you serious? Or both. Um, That's fantastic. This is I love that a U.S. Marshal movie. Yeah, especially but, when we get that reveal uh, when uh, when Kurt Russell cuts Ike's face with his spur. Yeah, and oh he God, shows I love that, that badge. And he pulls that jacket open real slow and shows him that badge, that federal badge. And, yeah, I love that. And I think why U.S. Marshals love this movie so much is this is best case scenario being a U.S. Marshal, <laughs> right? There isn't any paperwork, any due process. It's like there he is, shoot on sight, we're done, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, except for uh, except for Stephen Lang's character Ike, who punks out at the last second, is like, I'm not part of them anymore, and they're like, okay. And then, but then he dies Why? like three right. three yeah. years later or something. Three, three years later, in a robbery. In a botched robbery. Yeah. We haven't talked about Michael Rooker yet, but that's I, I, <laughs> dude. As soon as I saw him, I was like, "It's Michael Rooker with hair." Yeah, I was like, "It's Henry Ports of the Serial Killer." Shout out to Henry Ports of the Serial Killer. Um, or Slither. Phenomenal. Horror film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that um, 
and also in Justified in their marshal's office, there's a there's a poster tombstone. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, they have that. to keep it accurate, right? Um, that being said, is that you know this is a story that is not only very well known but idolized by law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? Uh, especially U.S. marshals, as this is you know sort of the the birth of modern marshalism. That's not a word. Marshalism. Yeah. Be, Federal law enforcement. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a word. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they do say, you know, we don't have to make them up, I guess. In, in the opening narration that, you know, the cowboys were the earliest form of organized crime. Yeah. So it would make so sense. So why not? Yeah, sure. It makes sense that the lawmen would become, you know, this is the earliest form of... It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, and the beginning of the movie, you know, that's when I just started writing people's names down as notes, which isn't really note-taking. Uh, is I just saw, I just wrote Powers Booth, really big. And mm-hmm. lots of exclamation points because I love Powers Booth. I think and I his, love him in this role too. I can't tell you how many times I've said. I'm fun and I can't tell you how many times I've said, "Well, bye." Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah. And his his dry delivery, and he he oh, is. I want you to know it's over. Well, bye. Bye. He's so mean. I love it. Well, and he's just yeah. That's it. He's sadistic. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you know the you know how they introduce how they how they introduce us to the audience to him is they shoot out a wedding for a mm-hmm. Mexican police officer. When my man shoots uh, that priest, you're like, these guys are serious, but he's worse. Johnny Ringo. Yeah, yeah when Ringo shoots the uh, the priest, it's, it's you know, like, he's the worst one. You know, right? he was in an episode of uh, The Mandalorian. He was? Yeah, Johnny Ringo. He was in the episode with Ahsoka. He was the, he was like the chick's right hand man. That uh, that's right. Mando shoots. That's right. Which a lot of people felt like they wish he would have had more screen time, but that's you right. You guys get off topic a lot. Well, well, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I think if, as a as a former educator, I'm like get and, back on topic. And people kid. hate it, but <laughs> do I care what other people think? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how 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 many if people comment. Yeah. Um, I would say if I were to have one issue. With this movie, I could have done without the the romantic side story with like him. Josephine. Yeah, I could have done without that, but that's you know. Tell me why. Tell me your reasons behind. I it. think it sort of um, for me it slowed the movie down, um, and Kurt Russell isn't my favorite part of the movie, and so it's taking me away from Doc Holliday. I <laughs> yeah. think, and it's that's the me- ultimate thing for you. It's just taking you away from your favorite character. Yeah. And your steam so. sealer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think he's just the coolest. And <laughs> I I don't know. It To me, it it, well, it does, you know, it matters to his character. It matters to his arc in his the, life yeah. in general, right? Um, yeah, because he stays with Josephine until he dies. 47 years. Yeah, 47 years. I liked that he said, I'm going to love you till the day you die, which is like, you're definitely dying before. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, listen, I'm... I'm out, Olivia. Well, I mean, let's be honest. You know, he is immortal. Yeah. 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 I mean, really, honestly, we don't really know anything about Josephine Marcus. That wasn't even her real last name. And I don't even know that she was a stage performer. All the research that I did showed that she was a prostitute. You know? So, hey. Oh. (laughs) Well, did they? I think think in Wyatt Earp, the movie, I think that's how they portray her as as a prostitute. Yeah. Not a not a stage performer, so maybe that's the only thing they got right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's really interesting. Uh, you know, to me, she was just not such a non-essential character in the movie. Yeah. I didn't really pay attention to her all that much. Yeah. The only the only research that I found about her that was true is that she was co- she was a common law wife to the sheriff mm-hmm. before she was common yeah, law B-Han. wife B-Han. To, to White Herb. Yeah, Behan, who uh, who was in bed with the cowboys. Yeah, who didn't really care. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't die in the movie. Well, and the funny thing about Behan is, not to talk about, I mean, I don't know how he ultimately met his fate in IRL, but um, yeah, the fact that he was even in bed with the Cowboys in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then how stupid is this man that he sits there with Josephine and tells her that basically the Cowboys are going to, assassinate these Earp boys and there's only going to be one man in charge of Tombstone and you'd be well to know him. And she immediately 
goes over. She snitches. And she snitches. Yes. You know, well, how, I mean, come on, idiot. How dumb do you have to be? Yeah. Uh, and, and technically both people are wrong. He was wrong to tell her. She was wrong to snitch. If I'm being honest. Because stitches get snitches. Snitches get stitches? Yeah. I mean, are you a ride or die or not? Apparently not. <laughs> oh, my God, Jeremy. Uh... Well, I mean... And this could have played out a whole lot differently had she not snitched, though. That's true. Uh, well, you know, and, and then, it, you know, you know, and Wyatt immediately in the film just does not like him. You know, so after the shootout, he's like, I'm going to have to arrest you. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to let you arrest us today. <laughs> in real life, he actually did arrest them. Or he put warrants out for them. That's they, interesting. They were never carried through. Well, I was about to say until they became... That might be why they didn't put it in the movie. Didn't matter, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was superfluous. It's, it's better if Wyatt says just a badass line like that. Yeah. Then flicks a lit cigarette at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it definitely plays better. Today. I would rather watch that than, than know the then real... He, then he ollies off on a skateboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> Grinds down the wooden sidewalk. By the way, a skateboard invented in 1955 by Marty McFly. <laughs> 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 I tell people that all the time. Shout out uh, to part one of our Back to the Future episode. <laughs> Again, it's Billy Zane. And <laughs> Marty inventing skateboarding. And skateboards. That's really all we talk about anyway. So we kind of just wrapped it up anyway. So, <laughs> but they still got to listen to part two, though. That's true. So, all right. Um, in terms of Westerns, Mickey, this is your favorite, obviously. It, it would it Would it be clear yeah, to say? Okay. it definitely is. Well, and I enjoy it. One of the reasons why I like it so much is it was released at, on Christmas in 1993. Oh. So I was. He was just a few months old. He was 10 months old. Just a little over 10 months old when the movie was released. And so for me, it's a Christmas movie. And um, Tried convincing that to my wife. Yeah, it's totally a Christmas movie. And in fact, when um, Scott was home for the holidays, when he got a break from filming the movie that he's on now that I will not mention. Um, Major motion picture. <laughs> um, he, uh, he said, let's, let's watch it. And... Oh man, you know, and I never get tired of it. That's I why you never because he's get, like, let's watch Tombstone on Christmas, and you're like, fine. Oh, well, I never get tired of that movie. It's just, it's good from start to finish. It's like a cup of Sanka. <laughs> and now, Ray, you've seen now a few westerns that I know of. I don't know how well versed you are in westerns. I don't really remember talking about that too much. Okay, so so that's not the most popular genre in the 21st I've, I've century. Seen, it is not. Thanks to the podcast, I've seen the Man with No Name trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, yes, I know when we kind of talked about it in the Quentin Tarantino episode, not really Western per se, but Django and the Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. um, uh, True Grit, the Joel and Ethan mm-hmm. Cohen True okay. Grit. I have not seen the John Wayne True Grit. What a big gamble and it paid off. Yeah, well, for real. We'll what, the Jeff Bridges True mm-hmm. Grit? Yeah, yes. That, that ended up working really well. Oh my and God. It, it, in all honesty, it shouldn't have, but but it it was. I mean, that'd well, be another. Wasn't their version of the film more along the lines of the book, not not strictly doing a remake? Well, I don't even think it had anything to do with its, you know, source material. It, we're talking John Wayne here. Yeah, we're yeah. They were going you know. up against John Wayne. Yeah, and one of his, you know, most iconic roles. Which is crazy that it was so, you know, far into his career, you know, mm-hmm. during the last few years. But, um, you know. Taking that on and having someone else play that character. Yeah, you don't mess with Rooster Cogburn. No, I think the only thing that really, when the movie was coming out, I was like, ugh, at least it's not going to be Glenn Campbell. (laughs) At least it's going to be someone else. (laughs) Like a rhinestone Carroll boy. So so, so I've seen some Westerns. So where would you rank this one? Um, Okay. Definitely not higher than the Man With No Name trilogy. This might be controversial. Here we go. All right, Definitely on. not higher than that, because uh, I think the Man with No Name trilogy, especially the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, is a phenomenal piece of not just Western but just cinema. Yeah. Um, I would rank it over Joel Ethan Cohen's True Grit. Okay. And I would rank it over Django and mm, oh. maybe not the Hateful Eight. Okay. So I would say you have to weigh content. You have to weigh content. I think I think it's hard to take a movie like Tombstone and pit it up against mm. you know like really polished and refined western films. This movie had a budget of 37 million dollars and that's it. And you guys know just because of what my husband does for a living Thirty-seven million dollars to make a Western period piece mm-hmm. is, is 
pennies. It's pennies. $37 million. And then when they opened that film, by the time it left the box office, they had doubled their money. Then on the other hand, that shitty movie, Wyatt Earp, <laughs> sorry, Kevin Costner, had a budget of $67 million and only Be- because, made $35 million. Because do you think when they saw the success of of uh, 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 Tombstone, they're like, oh, well, we have to double the budget. There is a very strong possibility it was a coincidence. It takes a long time to make a movie. It does. So they might yeah. have already been in production by the or, time. Or even in post by yeah. that time. But the thing about it is, and this is what makes Tombstone so iconic as just an entertainment, for its entertainment value, is that that movie, when folks came out to see it, because I don't know about your family, Jeremy, but there's been a longstanding tradition in my family, and Rain, you may remember this from when you were little, you know, we would have, we would go to Momo and Peepaw's house, open up our Christmas presents, and then that evening, we all loaded up and went to the movies, you know? And so, yeah, I remember that do you remember bit. doing that? Yeah. Well, you go to see a movie like Tombstone on Christmas with all of your family in a packed movie theater, you know, pre-COVID days, <laughs> And these characters, whether you enjoyed the film or not, those characters were cemented in your minds and your hearts. And then Wyatt Earp comes out, you know, just a couple of months later and you go and it's the chemistry's not the same. The storytelling's not the same. The cinematography is not the same. Costumes aren't the same. It's it's night and day difference. And that's why I think I love about this film or the newfound respect that I have for Tombstone is just simply what Scott does for a living and knowing that the costume department, the hair and makeup department, that the props department, all of the stuff, like the attention to detail inside the birdcage theater to the real birdcage theater is fucking phenomenal. You can cuss on this. You know, well, I don't want to be offensive. (laughs) Who knows who's going to be listening to this? Um, it's only select seven people. It's only 29 people. Yeah, it's um, not a big deal. <laughs> it's only 15 people. And, <laughs> but and so, then some re-listeners. Uh, half of them are ended up. <laughs> yeah, half, but, a, half of them are family. But so the, the point you're making is that the fact of their budget, they were able to pull it off. Yes. And I think it's beautifully shot, you know. Yeah, there and, are and, those and, scenes of like the sunsets with mm-hmm. the really wide, you know, they're almost reminiscent of like the Lawrence of Arabia wide shots. Oh, I know. And when the federal posse is is riding out and the sun is going down behind them and they're all shooting their shotguns into the air, yeah. I get cold chills every stinking time, yeah. you know. It's, it's iconic cinematography. When you think Western, that's definitely a scene that I would want to see yeah. in all the Westerns I watch, right. you know. There's got to be scenic shots. Exactly. <laughs> and this wasn't even, you know, obviously it couldn't be in Monument Valley because it's a it's a place, it's a real place. And, yeah. yeah. You know. So I guess, I mean, to round back your question of where I would rank this. No, I'm not okay. Uh, I guess I can't rank it then, but I okay. mean, I have to find it. Have they done a 4K transfer of it yet? I have the Blu-ray copy. That's about it. I don't know if they've done it. Garbage. Oh, okay. Garbage. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So. <laughs> well, you could still be streaming shit like I am. Uh, I just rented it on. I don't trust it. I don't trust my Wi-Fi to hang in for that long. Um, <laughs> I have great Wi-Fi. Grinding communications, you're doing great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see this now and be like, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down that bandwidth. Yeah. Oh, no, don't, please. Um, I, you know, I think in terms of modern Westerns, I think it's, you know, one of the best and definitely sure. ones that holds up the most in terms of rewatchability. Yeah. I would say Unforgiven is my favorite. Um, out of, you know, it, a year apart, you know. Yeah. I like the downers more. Uh, like we've said, this is the Dark season of downers. Yeah, Dark so, and twisty Jeremy. Yeah, so with with Unforgiven being the way it is, you know, I, I can't beat that. But, um, and of course, in my mind, it's the man with no name, you know, in his elderly years, you know, I, you, know you, you can't beat that. But in terms of, of this one, it's, God, it's it's rad, you know? I mean, yeah. with just, let's take out the, the romantic stuff in it, which was boring. Um, <laughs> because she was boring, quite frankly. Um, Except for Big Nose Kate. Yes. I like Big Nose Kate. Yes, Big The Nose- Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's just super fun to watch. And again, getting to see Powers Booth, 
getting yeah. to see Bill Paxton. Um, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I love. You know what I mean? Again, shout out the frailty. It's a good one. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to have to. I remember uh, my cousins. This thing with my cousins owning like a special edition of Tombstone that was on DVD. And the like. The Buena Vista box set. They also yeah. did the. Uh, uh, I think that the was Sixth it. Sense and Un- Unbreakable. And those are like really good ones. Yeah. I mean, too bad the quality is bad now uh, because we have these yeah. sophisticated machines, but they're cool. Now. Yeah. 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 These, uh, you know, two hundred dollar, four K players. Yours was only two hundred dollars. Okay, <laughs> no, it was five hundred dollars. That PlayStation Five, though. Yeah. Shout out to PlayStation Five. Give him. Shout free out to stuff. Sony. Gotta have that PlayStation Five. Give him free stuff, I guess. Um, all right, Rain. <laughs> Jeremy. Do you want to wrap up? Wrap up? Wrap up? I'm ready to wrap <laughs> up. Not this close. <laughs> I, I. We probably won't be this close. Not. Not again. Okay. No. Yeah, yes, I am ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. Right Mom, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap well, up? Well, I just I want, to, I want to say one more thing because we didn't really talk about um, like the writing. All right, oops, and, we forgot. And oops. I'm interested in like what you guys know about. Did you, you heard that Kurt Russell pretty much directed the ghost movie? Ghost directed. Well, they, uh, they had directing problems. Yes. Um, the writer. The writer was meant to. Was meant was, to direct. Was, well, I think he started to, mm-hmm. then he got fired. And then they brought in the guy who's credited, but what I read is Kurt pretty much directed the whole movie, and that guy and Val was just, Kilmer backs that up in and, many many interviews. And that says, guy just pretty much was there to just make sure things. What was his last name? Jeffy. Jeffy. Jeff. I don't, I don't know. Name? He See? directed Rambo. Uh, it's all, the writer also wrote Rambo, and he also like wrote, the original Rambo. Yeah, he okay, also cool. wrote Glory, uh, which oh. is. Uh, Oh, yeah, the one with uh, Matthew Broderick? Yeah, uh, the Matthew uh, Broderick movie. For sure. Or a future episode. I'd love to talk yeah, yeah. about that movie. Um, so you can see where, you know, this, this writer is comfortable with big scope, mm, big Sweeping idea. scenes. Right. And it shows in this, obviously. But, um, you know, I think Kurt Russell coming in and ghost directing, I think, helps a lot, especially with his... Um, expertise in the industry and his, you know, because he's the man. Mm-hmm. He's Kurt Russell. Well, I mean, yeah. he's been. Well, you know that Walt Disney's dying words, his last words were Kurt Russell. I, really? I show you not. Well, I mean, Kurt was. What did Kurt just walk in the room at that time? No, he wrote it on a piece of paper. That's insane. Passed it off to like the person who was caregiving, and then fucking took his last breath. And the, Kurt Russell. That's all Walt he Disney's wrote. Last words. That's it. That's it. And then he kicked not, it. Not uh, the computers wearing pants. Nothing like that. <laughs> Cryogenically freeze my body and yeah, my head and put me under the Disney castle. I can't believe it wasn't something anti-Semitic. That's so crazy. <laughs> See, or crazy. or super like capitalist. Yeah, or something. You know, like for sure. I like it was big business. Something anti-Semitic. But that's yeah. cool. It was Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Walt Disney's sure last Kurt words. Was like, Kurt Russell, what? Unreal. Am I am I <laughs> yeah. running Disney now? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. and he signed a ten a ten year contract with Disney. Kurt really? Russell did. Yeah. So he was he was Disney's bitch from the late sixties to was. the late seventies. My mom loves Kurt Russell, and especially and in it's those, because of Disney. Yeah, and it's because of those roles mm-hmm. that he did when he was a kid. Or and, a kid. and then Jeff Bridges came in. And did Tron. <laughs> I was going to say, and then John Carpenter was born. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Kurt Russell did some John Carpenter movies too. So. Oh, so well, cool. yeah, his favorite movie is The Thing. The Thing. The Thing. That's my favorite. I think it might be my favorite John you don't, Carpenter. You don't, you don't like uh, when Kurt Russell plays Snake Pilsen? I do. I do like Snake Pilsen. But, I mean, Snake Pilsen. Like, you know, it's, it's not as good as. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh. But you're right. The writing is incredible. And it I, is. I know, mean, I feel like that's the reason why. It takes a lot. Of, I mean, and like you said, I mean, the research that has to go into a movie like this is unreal. I mean, you can't imagine how much time it took. Oh, my God. Yeah. And every so, single time, every single time yeah. that Wyatt meets Stillwater and Ike at the train when he's put his family on the train for California and they're looking for Wyatt to kill him. And he, and he and he cuts he, Ike with his with his spur. spur, and then sends him off running and tells him. I mean, the most iconic line ever: "You wow. tell him I'm coming. And I'm coming, and hell's coming with me." Which 
mirrors the uh, the beginning the, of the, the movie. The very yes. beginning where they quote Revelations. Yeah. 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 The sick horse. It's amazing that guy was that bad at interpreting Spanish, which is what seemed like his first language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Johnny Ringo makes a point to let him know. Yeah. Your Spanish is worse than your English. <laughs> which is unreal. Oh, my God. IRL, he was a Native American. Oh, just like, okay, shout out to Crew, Lou Diamond Phillips yeah. and Stand and Deliver. That was yeah. also Cruz a... was a Native American IRL. <laughs> Except for Young Guns. Oh, I forgot to mention, I've seen Young Guns. Dude, oh, and I just, I think I just read somewhere that they're going to do another, like, Young Guns thing, like... There's no way they can call like it Like, Resuscitation? Yeah, they... they did, did you did see a, this? They did a Young Guns 2, which made no sense, because uh, Kiefer Sutherland's narration at the end of the first Young Guns says... Made it very clear that Billy was Billy Kidd died shortly after but this. I, I've seriously, I read something that said Emilio Estevez and the boys are going to... Maybe do another little Young Guns, old Billy guns. the Kid. Emilio Estevez has old not guns. acted in almost <laughs> 20 years. He's too busy making those movies, bro. Yeah, he's directing now, so... He's so good. I'm just saying, dude, I just saw a little blurb on it. like. Shout out to The Way. It's also very good. This is The Way? No. <laughs> My God. It <laughs> uh, uh, stars his uh, father, yes. uh, Martin Shane. And uh, directed by Emilio Estevez. Estevez. Emilio Estevez. Well, y'all, so, thanks for having me on tonight. Oh, dude, yes. absolutely, man. This fun. was so much fun. So, I really enjoyed it. So, Jeremy, uh, do you want to know what we're talking about next week? I already know what we're talking about next week. <laughs> if anyone missed what we're talking about next week, because we pretty much laid it out last week, how uh, these next three episodes are going to go, uh, next week is my pick, and it is Boz Lerman's The Great Gatsby. Yes! Um, <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> well... Uh, since you clearly didn't hear what I said last week, I've been subtly kind of tricking him. It would have never worked. I don't think he's of this inceptioning movie. you. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. Ha ha! Inceptioning. Inception. Uh, not necessarily. So what I did is I carefully picked movies that have actors that are in The Great Gatsby because it started when he chose the film Warrior. You totally inceptioned him, man. So I'm proud so of you. I'm chose, proud of you, son. He chose the film Warrior. And, you know, Joel Edgerton was amazing. And I had this idea. I was like, I'm going to get Jeremy to watch The Great Gatsby. Partly at the time. <laughs> all you would have to do. I love that face. Partly at the time, it was just because I wanted to piss him off. Yeah, but I the, can tell. But the more I worked this plan out, the more I was like, no, I, I want his honest opinion. I want to have a genuine conversation about this movie. So what I did is that's when I picked What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay, um, yes. To talk about Leo. Yeah, I gotta have Leo. And then Pleasantville to talk about Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pleasantville, uh, uh, the, the Great Gatsby. Because as I mentioned last week, uh, even though I enjoy this film, it does have its flaws. You know, Boz Lerman has a very distinct artistic style that he used in the film. But in Gatsby. But he owns right. I, I don't think I. Well, not anymore. As Alex told us, he used to own rights to the book. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say. Of course, now the rights are open, and uh, Alex said we should make our own Great Gatsby. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's now public domain right now. Jeremy yeah. could be Gatsby. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, Boz uses a lot of visual clues from the uh-huh. book in the film, and that's something that I wanted to talk to you uh, about. Like, and especially think about that when when uh, when you guys are watching the masquerade scene. You know, so think about that. I have at a, the very beginning. Uh, right, 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 right. I have a hard time with the word masquerade because I had it mansplained to me in uh, in. <laughs> oh, the Phantom of the Are Opera? you triggered? Phantom Are you triggered? Because yeah. when we did the Phantom of the Opera, I had. Did uh, you mansplain? Yeah. I was like, hey, hey, movie. I know what a masquerade <laughs> is. Like you don't have to like. Uh, Joel Schumacher, rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. to, to uh, our one true fan. So, all right. So, it's going to be... So, Great Gatsby next week. Listen, like I always do, even with your stupid Wes Anderson movies, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to be as honest as I can. Yeah, try not to be biased. But I'm not getting, you know, I'm not going to trash it. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, it, this isn't a trash and, podcast. And like I, mean, I said... I, I, I just I like I feel like we could have a real good genuine conversation about it. It's so insane that this book is meant. This book is dumb. The Great Gatsby is dumb. I've, well, uh, and the whole thing about it is, is that when it came out, nobody bought it. It's and everybody like it was critically panned. 
And then when now the book was first published. It's, it's widely regarded as one of the best written books. Yeah. Unreal. Ever. It's not Dare say it'll be canon. Yeah. Unreal. But uh, to leave it on a high note, so next week, The Great Gatsby, but then the week after that. Yes, please continue if you're still listening to the book uh, and please see the movie. Um, um, I'm thinking of ending things by Ian Reed in, in two weeks. Charlie Kaufman. So um, I've already started listening to the book again. So um, I'm going to need you to it's only hook me up. Hook you up. It's about five hours long. It's not that long. That's in, not too bad. in terms of books, it's not that long. Uh, and you'll, you'll go right through it. It's super entertaining. Yeah, so we hope everyone enjoyed Tombstone. Mom, thank you for being here and for recommending it. Happy to be here. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. And we will see everyone next week for The Great Gatsby.